Hello and welcome to Back to Basics with Sandra and Lyndall. Today we have a very special guest, Miss Lena Moxon, owner of Geelong Boxing Club and the Lena Moxon Mindset Coaching and Somatic Healing. Lena, welcome. I am so excited to be here, guys. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> Lovely to have you. So today we wanted to get uh, a guest on that you know, had experience within the mindset coaching and life life coaching sort of industry because we did actually do an episode on this. I believe it was episode four, which yeah. we will link below, where we actually had a discussion between myself and Sandra in regards to mindset coaching and life coaching and whether it's actually worth it. And we also discussed the pressure on personal trainers and fitness coaches to also be life coaches. Mm-hmm. So it's really great to have you on to kind of get your perspective on it as well. But you guys are actually friends. Yes, bestest, bestest <laughs> friends. Um, well, we've known each other for how long now? Like 14, 14 years, maybe 15, 15 maybe even longer. Um, and I think the biggest thing for me is just seeing your evolution. I would, I'm not going to say transformation because it hasn't been in like an overnight transformation it's been like a journey a complete journey um and i remember visiting you in geelong like a, a last year was it maybe or october early, last year october yeah. last year and i think the biggest shock for me was seeing how different your life is now um and how much better and happier more content you you, you mm-hmm. are compared to when you were here in the rat race and living a different life yeah. so um i guess for our listeners and people that don't know you let's just touch on touch on what the last few years has been like the last few years has been wild like I'm going to say the last six years Mm -hmm. and I offer myself as the example of what would happen if you woke up one day and looked around at your life could acknowledge that it was good but also couldn't ignore the fact that none of it actually felt resonant to you. Mm-hmm. I feel like we, a lot of people have had that. those moments. Those moments. Yeah. yeah. And then what would happen if you decided to say, fuck this shit mm-hmm. genuinely. Yeah. And not take a holiday, not get a haircut. Yeah. Not buy something new, but actually decided like, I want none of this mm-hmm. and I'm willing to find out what might become available for me if I actually let go of it all. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I did that. And it was like walking through fire. (laughs) Um, And it's not necessarily something that I recommend to all people. I think you have Mm. to be really ready and prepared Mm. for what it takes to initiate yourself into a chosen life. But I decided, I think I was about 29 years old, that I had just spent too much of my life feeling like it was an unlived life, Mm. that I was participating in my life. I wasn't actively like immersed in the experience of living Mm -hmm. and that I was constantly waiting for my big life. Yeah. yeah crazy that's such a like a really interesting perspective because every now and then I feel like that myself yeah but I'm also on one hand I'm like am I just tired mm. and am I just exhausted or is this really not the life that I want and I think for a lot of people you know if they do feel like that taking that step to change their life is scary yeah. and I'm sure for you, you and it doesn't happen in a that. moment absolutely it's terrifying mm. and what's most terrifying is that most people around you will validate you in the moment that you say there's this awareness that I'm actually unhappy mm. but is it that I'm just tired yeah most people will, around you will be feeling the same and so we validate it and say like yes life is hard it happens living That's in the city is hard is. Yeah. all of this and so we kind of all just like justify and validate this existence that has us just like numbing ourselves out to mm-hmm. what we're actually feeling the wisdom that comes up within us that goes like none of this feels good mm. might look good 
it might be working. Yeah. I might be producing great results in my life, but I actually can't feel any of this like perceived success that I'm creating for myself. So interesting. So I guess before like this whole big change happened to yeah. you, you were the owner of some other franchise gyms as yes. well. So what was that experience like for you? It was a wonderful experience. Yeah. I don't shit on or shame any part of my journey. Mm. And I don't think anything has to necessarily be wrong in order for us to choose something different for ourselves. So I was brought into the fitness industry through my partner, basically. Mm -hmm. So my, my first husband and I met when we were 18 years old and I was going to study teaching at university, which I did. Uh, and it was kind of a conversation for him. He was in that kind of space when you're 18 yeah. where you don't really know what you want to do. And you have to go to uni. It was never... <laughs> I was the girl that kind of like ticked all the boxes, Same. you know, yeah. and we speak from a deep place of privilege mm. when we're saying like, oh, I had to go to uni. Mm. Like that's such a terrible, difficult thing that we've been positioned yeah. to do. Like I'm so aware when I tell my story, there's always this part of me that feels deeply uncomfortable mm. because it is soaking with privilege for us to be living a life that mm. goes like I had everything that I wanted. All my needs were met. It yeah. was good. And I didn't like it. Yeah. Right? Do you get judged? Do you still get? I judge myself for it. And I check myself for yeah. it and I have completely changed uh, the intention of my life. It's all about a life of service now. Yeah. It's not how does this serve me? We can talk mm. about jumping around with stories, but yeah. one of the things that I hear and see online all the time is people saying like, I'm not going to do that anymore because it doesn't serve me. Mm. Serve you, my sweet queen. Yeah. Life is supposed to show up and serve you yeah. constantly, yeah. Yeah. right? I have a different perspective now. So I recognise the privilege and I mm. judge myself for the privilege and I check myself with that privilege every day yeah. and ask myself, well, what are you doing with it? I can relate to that in some way because mm. I think when I was growing up, my parents wanted everything for me that they necessarily didn't have. Yes. And that included Always the up. highest quality yes. education. Yes. That included me going to year 12. That included me going to university. Yes. And that wasn't the life that I wanted. I'm a very creative person. Mm. Are you the oldest? I'm the oldest. Yes. So I definitely had to experience the shit to make way for my younger yep. brother. So I feel like he got it easy in regards to my life. Mm -hmm. But, you know, not to complain about that at all. But I really had to make my parents see that that wasn't the life that I wanted. Mm, and yes. I respected the fact that they wanted what they thought was best for me. Mm. But I didn't want that life. You know, I'm not the sort of person that can sit in front of a lecture and take it in. You know, and I also didn't want a job that required me to go to university either. Mm, yeah. So for me, taking that step was kind of a big thing mm. for my parents as well, because they kind of had this vision of what, you know, the perfect upbringing was that they didn't have. And they wanted that for me. So I can kind of relate to your story yeah. in a way in regards to that. Like, well, my brother's copped that. Like, he's the mm. older one. So he's he copped the, like, you have to fit into this cookie cutter. You have to have, you know, what they thought we were going to provide for you, everything that we didn't have growing up. And he couldn't see that. So I think he, I understand where you're coming from because he probably had something in him that wasn't what they wanted. So he, mm. he'd have a tutor come to the house and he'd wait outside until the tutor, like, to go because he didn't want to study. Yeah. He wanted to be creative. He wanted mm. to be a sportsman. He wanted to do all that. And they wanted him to do the sportsman stuff, but then also excel in his in studies when he couldn't do both. Mm. So he struggled to fit into that. And you you know the struggle of, you know, it's still with him today. Yes. But then me, I'm kind of free to do whatever yes. I want. So I, I kind of hate that they didn't spend that much time on me when I was younger. Yes. But, now, okay. but now, <laughs> I'm like, now I'm like, yep, it's actually what was meant to 
happen, right? It's not just our family that frames what Mm. we think we have to do. So much of the conditioning that we're kind of just like the living embodiment of comes from what we've seen on TV, what society says, if you're religious, what the expectation is there. And I know what I was saying. <laughs> my my partner at the time, who was 18, was kind of like, well, what are you going to do? He had yeah. jobs and he was working, yeah. but there was no sense of a future for him. For me, I had like the clear path. Yeah. And I think for a lot of us in our generation, it was like as long as you knew where you were heading, mm-hmm. everyone was like, good job. You get the pat on the head, mm-hmm. off you go, go in, the, go in the right direction. He didn't have that. His interest was in training and sport. And so I had encouraged him to go and become a personal trainer. And that's how it all started. And he was employed within a franchise and we saw the potential for growth. We came into the industry when it was very much still kind of like growing and expanding mm. in terms of like trainers becoming franchise owners. Mm. Um, and so we- That was a big deal. It was a huge, we were 22 years yeah, old. Yeah, it was so young. I remember and we're like, you guys are so successful. Yeah. Like you were the like picture perfect. It looks picture perfect. And it was. Yeah. It, it genuinely, yeah. I'm so proud of it. And I'm yeah. so proud of us because we sat there and we kind of just felt into the expansive energy of what could be if we had the audacity to believe, well, why not us? And what I'm most proud of is that it wasn't necessarily easy. We kind of had to like fight our way through it in, in different ways. But for me, I kind of got brought into that industry, not because I chose it for myself necessarily, but I think because I valued the capacity that I had to support somebody else, to activate the belief within themselves, to be the person by their side being like, you can do this, we can do this. And as it took off, it felt really good to be doing it together and then to be surrounded by other people who were very much within the same energy of like, let's fucking crush this. Yeah. And genuinely, time and space like bent itself and there is 10 years of my life that feels like it just... Went Finished, like that. right? Went so, it just, yeah. it went fast. There was multiple franchises. We took it to New Zealand. Mm. It became the defining factor of us mm. and our relationship from the outside. If you ask mm. anybody about the relationship that I had with my first husband, that's the thing that they will talk about. And we almost said your names in sync. At the same time, it was never just you mm. or him. Mm. It was you and him. And mm-hmm. in the same sentence, mm. yeah. in, like his name and your name yeah. was rolled off the tongue. Yeah. yeah, crazy. The huge learning curve for me was how willing I was to be the one to stand behind mm. and to activate and push forward and how that really bit me on the ass in the end because I wasn't seen amongst any of the efforting that it genuinely took for us, not only to create what we created, but to withstand all the trials and tribulations that came with it. Yeah. And how did that kind of like affect your like confidence or self-esteem or anything later on? It it didn't really affect me until the relationship ended Mm. and it bit me in the ass because I wasn't seen and respected in the light that I believe I was deserved to be seen and respected in terms of like what I should have been able to claim Mm. in terms of like input. Yeah, yeah. I, f- I feel like you kind of went into like a little a hole almost like you disappeared from social media and you just were like country. you <laughs> never yeah you didn't speak to anyone yeah. um you cut off your friendships and stuff and yeah. I think one day I called we uh, we messaged each other and I'm like how are you and you like separated and broke and I was like what I was like <laughs> what mind- I well, yeah you literally I think we could scroll through my Instagram messages and I think that's exactly what you said and I was mind blown I had Leon I just had given birth yeah I think we were on the phone for like 90 minutes yeah. um it was absolute insanity so yeah, wow yeah. so I guess that kind of whole experience of you know owning a gym and working within a gym as well like you would have seen quite an array of different clientele yes come through that gym yes. and that's like would you say that's kind of like your first 
experience with really looking at different mindsets. It was. So yeah. my one of my main roles within the business was that initial consultation, mm-hmm. trying to get people to see the value in what we could offer them. And I very quickly became aware of the fact that I understood the main goal that people were coming in for. But I could also see that the weight loss goal or the physical appearance transformation that they wanted to make was just like a little starting point for what they actually genuinely wanted to experience or know of themselves or claim for themselves in their life. And I became almost obsessed with cracking that exterior of like, I'm here because I want to lose 20 kilos Mm. to getting to the part of the conversation where they were saying like, I have no self-confidence. I can't talk to anybody. I feel so lonely. I'm scared. I'm never going to have kids because I'm not going to have a partner. And that part of the conversation, like getting to that part of the conversation and knowing, okay, now we have the driving Mm. force behind why you're here. And now this is going to really support you in actually following through, taking action on your intentions. Mm. That became like something that I was like obsessed with understanding. Because I think when a lot of uh, our clients come through with aesthetic goals, they haven't dived deep enough to explore all of those things to really have something strong enough and be able to attach a why Mm -hmm. to their goal. And I think this is the reason, and you know, you don't have to agree with me, um, but this is the reason that a lot of people fail on their goals as well mm. because they don't d- dive deep enough into the reasons behind yeah. why they want to achieve this goal. Mm-hmm. Like for me, trying to be a size 8 and or fit into a, a dress size or something like that, that's not a strong enough goal for me. And it me doesn't mean anything, right? To yeah. work hard to get there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think a lot of clients do that. Oh, I want to lose 20 kilos. You know, what's your experience with that? I, I would... 100% agree. And yeah. there's kind of like two different factors. So either, right, what you're saying, the goal actually isn't as meaningful as it feels or it's just a replication of something that they've been told they should do or that they've mm. seen somebody else do. They look at somebody else and they think like, okay, she looks put together. She's got some of the things that I want. What is it about her? Oh, it must her. be, yeah. yeah. Oh, she recently lost weight that much. Okay, yeah. that. Yeah. let me do that mm. thing. So there's a kind of like misunderstanding about what it means to kind of, I don't know, claim a sense of fulfillment and happiness within yourself and what that takes. But often what it is, is they have some awareness around what the goal really is about and they get really scared that they can't actually achieve that, have that hold and hold that for themselves. So they abandon the whole project altogether because they don't want to think about it. They don't want to focus on it. Is that fear of failure? What what is that? It's, it's, a lot of different things. No, it's not even a fear of failure. Okay. Failure becomes the more comfortable experience for them. Okay. That's when we talk about, like, we hear all the time fear of success and we're like, what the fuck would somebody be afraid yeah. of success? And it's because they don't have as much experience in the embodiment of what they actually desire for themselves. We have experience and reference point for how it feels to to not believe in ourselves necessarily mm, yeah. or to feel like shit or to use that as an excuse for why we don't show up in the world in a mm-hmm. certain way. For so many women that have come to me that simultaneously have like business goal particularly now that everything's like happening on social media and they have a weight loss goal what is most interesting is they say well I need to lose x amount of weight before I can show up confidently on socials but actually they're just terrified like that yeah they're actually just terrified what if I can't actually do the thing in business that I Mm. really hope that I can do and I can't change my life and I'm stuck in this nine to five job forever so let me just play around this goal so I don't actually have to find out. Do the other you know, thing that you have to do. We had conversations like this when you yeah. were about to start your business. Yeah. Like, am I ready? Do I need to do X, Y, yeah. Z? Yeah. Don't distract yourself with yeah. that. Exactly. Just do the thing. Yeah. Do the damn thing. Yeah. Um, when we did, because you've done some work with the girls that I work with in yeah. my programs, um, I love that, you know, one of the things was 
like what is that underlying goal and mindset coaching blew a lot of them away that were like and I think you did some one-on-ones with some of the girls as well but you can't and we spoke about this you can't just like dabble in it and I think and and then think it's going to transform your life completely because you've done like six sessions or something yes right like it has to be a continual thing where you're constantly working on it yes your mindset can't just it's not a switch you can't just switch it on and off and it's not something that you're trying to achieve it's not like it's I'm going to have a positive mindset yeah. and now I have this positive mindset, it becomes I have an understanding of the way that my internal dialogue and my operating system is affecting the reality that I'm experiencing. And once I understand that, technically I can be my own coach, my own therapist, my own guide. Mm. And so for me, mindset coaching isn't so much about me being like, say these affirmations, do this thing, operate in this way. It's like holding the mirror up to somebody and letting them see like everything that is going on within you is what you are experiencing on the outside. That's the shift. And I think that's what's missing um, within the industry when there are people stepping into the role of mindset coach that truly don't understand, like, what the long game is. Mm. Yeah, because they throw it around a lot, hey. Everyone's a mindset coach. Yeah, everyone's a mindset coach. (laughs) Mindset training. The other thing that I think is really important, and this is, like, integrity is really important to me in Mm -hmm. terms of, like, I don't think there's necessarily qualifications anybody needs to be able to best support somebody, and I'm careful what I say because I think – of all the things that we can do in our life and in the world, if your intention is actually to help somebody, it's a good thing. Yeah. Even if you're not doing, even if it's imperfect and you're not doing a great job, it's a much better job than what you could, you know, choose to be doing yeah, <laughs> in true. some ways, right? But I think for me, it's, I always kind of feel like, oh, this this person isn't quite yet to, to guide or mentor or coach as powerfully as I would like to see mm. if they're still fixated on mindset work being about being positive, Mm. and finding a positive outlook. For me, it's about knowing and understanding I can be with whatever sensation, whatever emotion, whatever thought that is arising within me and be okay with that, be in the full experience and expression of that and learn how to be with that. I love that. So how did you yourself get into like mindset coaching and oh. that like business side of things? Oh, God. out of desperation. Truly. Truly. Like I think for me it was initially it was like when I was 22 years old and I was stepping in to the arena of being a franchise owner. And why I say that was a great experience is because I was like given these books and taken to these workshops and shown these things, but it was very much like hustle culture. Mm. I was like school of Grant Cardone, that 10 times and rule. And people like, wear it as a badge of honor and I hate that. 100%, yeah. right? Yeah. So I did all that and although it genuinely created so much harm and dysfunction within my body and my mind and myself, mm. I also realized how much you could align yourself to other people and their ways of being and actually like, skyrocket and excel Mm. and replicate what they were doing and I found that really fascinating that uh, other people's influence could make such a huge difference and when I recognized and realized for myself far out so many of the ways that I'm operating the way that I'm talking the way that I'm talking to other people this isn't even my voice anymore like I sound like Tim Ferriss I sound like Grant Cardone I sound like Tony Robbins what the fuck like how did I become this puppet of hustle culture I became far more conscious around okay who do I want to learn from Mm. who are my guides who are my mentors Mm. who do I want to influence me and I think if you're going to get a mindset coach or a coach in any area it's not just about what have they achieved it's who has impacted and influenced them where have they gone to school, mm. so to speak? Because you're not ever just like experiencing one person. We're experiencing like multitude. Yeah. yeah. If you can imagine, like as I'm talking, it's like there's paper dolls that you cut out, like you yeah. cut and you like, yeah. That's what it is. 
And so I became far more mindful and conscious of like, okay, who do I want to learn from? What sort of person do I want to be? What are their mm. values? How do I want to move in the world? And it was, I, I ended up 10 years into my own journey. I've retrained for the Dharma Coaching Institute, which is a completely different thing. Mm. It's not so much about mindset for like productivity and hustle and grind. It's how do I turn inward and understand what's at the base of my being and what my dharma is, my life's purpose, and yeah. let that come through as expression. Because yeah. I think when I've like I've been to a few of those kind of big events for those you know big kind of life gurus, yeah. so to speak, and I walk out of there. Yeah, yes, I feel inspired when I walk out of there, but I also walk out of there going, I should be doing more. Yeah, like, I need to be doing yes. more. I'm yes. not doing enough. Yes. To yes. be successful, this successful version of myself, yes. like I need to do X, Y, and Z to like get there. You know what I mean? And then I walk out of there kind of feeling like a bit stressed mm. and anxious because I feel like I'm not doing enough. And, and you have to, sorry. No, you're right. And then you kind of like, I know what you're saying because then I kind of question like, what have I been doing for the past yeah. 10 years? Am I, am I doing the right thing? Yeah. Am I taking the right steps? Which is a beautiful thing, right? And in some ways we tap into potential and possibility and that expander energy, but we have to be very careful and this is where like you lift the veil on some things and you realize like oh fuck all of this stuff that has like seemed inspiring and aspirational has actually in some ways just been like a pyramid scheme mm. and they get me in there and they psych me up and they make me feel like this because they're going to sell me the next thing and the next and thing we and discussed this last time mm. we had a conversation on it that you know mindset coaching and life coaching is kind of an easy sell because you do tap into that emotion and that vulnerability of the person yeah and even myself i would walk out of these events feeling super inspired Mm. not that i'm really going to sign up to anything additional but like i can understand that people that would it happened to me with a landmark forum forum, and then after that like they're waiting for you outside and they're like all right you ready to sign up for the you know the the seminars and this and that and i i think i did sign up because there was a group of us doing it so we did some, and then afterwards I was like, oh, this isn't for me. Like, it's yeah. just a bit, I can see what they're doing. Yeah. And they do, they suck you in because they, they get you on that high or that, that energy that you're in. Yes. And they're like, okay, she's ready to sign up. There's so much to learn yeah. from that too, right? Like, it's not unnecessarily bad. If you have the awareness to witness, like, mm. what the fuck just happened to me? Yeah. In that I was so ready to take action. We can leverage and harness that, mm. right? Usually there's so much movement. There's positive affirmation. There's a gearing towards a certain thing that you can be like, okay, this works for me. Let me take it into my own life and create my own kind of ritual mm. around taking action. I did Tony Robbins in a circle and... It was wonderful and it was fantastic, but once again, it was a repeating pattern of finding myself around people that just didn't have the same values. Yeah. And I was older and wiser to be like, your goals fucking do not resonate with me. Like, yeah. I don't care about your Ferrari. Mm. I don't care about any wow. of these things. Wow, that was right? some of the stuff that they were saying. Oh, 100%. And wow. it's meant to, there is this whole conversation around abundance being yeah. in the demonstration of like provision in certain ways. There's no wrong and there's no right. It's just what what is resonant for me that in my life me, yeah. at the moment. But it was a really powerful thing because what I got to experience was contrast. Mm. So it's not always, we don't always want to go into spaces where everyone's saying the same thing and thinking yeah. the same thing. Like I learned more about myself being in close proximity. This was like, I was like 33 years old to people that I was like, not fucking vibe. Mm-hmm. And so rather than sit in the judgment and just have like the skank face at them the whole time. <laughs> that was like, me, me. <laughs> <laughs> Which I mean, I did that too, right? I was like, okay, I'm having like some kind of reaction here. What's going, what's true for me then? What yeah. was that? What was your reaction from? Where was that coming from? Do you think? Conditioning, society. Yeah. 
a feeling of I actually felt like because I had given so much away, them showing what they had and celebrating that actually just triggered a deep wounding in me. Like, did I fuck my life up? Because you came from yeah, that. I, had, I yeah. had that. And now I'm sitting there looking like a nothing and a nobody to these people. Yeah. Can I stand strongly and powerfully in who I am without Crazy. all the things? Yeah. Mm. Or do I still need those things to be like... Mm, I'm that bitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm that bitch. You had those things. You were like right. one of the first people to have, like have a house and There's get married. Just, I think and it's Jim Carrey that says like, I hope everybody can get rich and famous in their life to know that that's not the answer. That's not the answer. And that was, so that was the lesson for me again, to be mm. in this like crowd of people all wanting to talk about the haves and haves nots, mm. to sit there not having any of it anymore, to feel the urge to be like, oh, yeah, I had that car too. Oh, yeah. Why? Yeah. Why do you need them to know that about you? Why do you need them to know that this isn't your first business? I still witness it in myself mm. that I want to be like, I've been in business for 15 years. Yeah. Bitch. Yeah. <laughs> do you feel like it's the rise of social media that people feel the need to like flaunt what they have? I, I think that definitely has to be part of it, right? But not necessarily because I... went to school with bitches like that. Right. Yeah. I was going to say, I experienced it early on too. <laughs> I went to school with them. It's a culture thing yeah. as well. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. True. Definitely oh. a Western world like the way that we have been raised and this city as well like we're so competitive everyone's yeah, like true. chasing it's a rat race yes. yes yes you know and so for me i kind of i used to get really frustrated and i remember even working with some of your girls was it in like 2020 or 2021 mm, maybe two years ago start of covid i think and other groups of women i didn't like the way that i felt when i was trying to kind of invite them into conversation about their own internal dialogue because i felt myself being really like i just wanted to like let loose and just be like, can you, like, just wake up to yourself? Yeah. You are saying dumb fucking <laughs> shit right now, you know? Yeah, yeah. But what I realised was I can't push somebody along their journey. Yes. I have to respect the fact that, okay, one, maybe this is going to fulfil them. I'm not God. Who am mm. I to say what's going to fill mm. the, the hole in you that is going to fulfil you? But secondly, like, sometimes we have to experience what it's not to then finally be open to like, oh, okay, my six pack isn't actually going to fulfill me or bring me love or mm. make me feel like I'm a good person. Mm. Okay. Okay. And to allow that. I feel like we like experience that as fitness coaches as well. Like you get these clients that come to you with this goal and they're just constantly making excuses as to why they can't do it. And yeah. they're like, just do the work. Yeah. Like, you've got all the tools. <laughs> Shut up. all the support, the mentoring. Like, do the work. Like, you are the reason. Yes. You are the reason. Yes. You know what I mean? So I guess, like, what can people expect when they go to mindset coaching? Because I feel like, and we discussed this mm. last time, like, do people need mindset coaching or do they need a fucking therapist? therapist? Yeah. You know what Two I mean? Two very different things. Yeah. Two very, and probably both. Yeah. For me, like the way that I see it is therapy is being supported in unpacking whatever trauma and we have all accumulated trauma just by being Mm -hmm. human beings in this life, we have unconsciously or consciously experienced Mm -hmm. and having somebody that actually has the intelligence and the education, not our friends with two drinks in them to say like, okay, this is what you have. You don't need that man anymore. (laughs) Girl, you do you. It's somebody that can support you. And depending on, I guess, you know, how much support you need, it it can be a very important thing to have the right person guiding you. A mindset coach for me is in the practical day-to-day experience Mm. of yourself as yourself here and now. Mm. So the work that I do now as a somatic healer, I don't want to hear about your story. I want us here and now in this present moment, how present can we be to what is happening and what you're feeling and what you're thinking here and now? Mm. So to me, that's, that it's two very different things. So and if what, you've got, sorry, yes, there you go. if you have a mindset coach that is constantly wanting you to talk about your childhood and your mm. past and all of that, that's re-traumatizing, potentially re-triggering. There's that. a lot of harmful <laughs> shit. <laughs> right. I hate that shit. Right. 
because the discharge of that conversation isn't happening um, properly either. Mm. So you're stirring things up within people and being like, okay, now say these affirmations, bye. Yeah, right. So that, true. That's not it. Or write that down and send it yes. to me. And it's like, why? Or like <laughs> break the snow, uh, the, the sand. <laughs> Have you ever done that? Oh, they, no. they break the sand when you're like, you're talking to your therapist to like calm you down. I'm like, I'm more stressed than ever. I'm not going to break your fucking sand. <laughs> Um, but you mentioned somatic healing. <laughs> yes. So for our listeners, can you tell us a little bit about that yes. and what that's about? That was, the opportunity that to do that. <laughs> yeah. um, so I have been trained uh, by Sadi Simone, who has pioneered this revolutionary healing modality called somatic activated healing. And basically, like soma means of the body. Mm. And so what we're acknowledging when we're doing somatic healing is that our body is kind of the only part of us truly in the present moment. And it's learning how can I come into the present moment, be with my feelings for many different reasons. And I think for your audience and for your listeners, the power in this is in understanding that what I'm experiencing in this moment is the only kind of truth and reality there is. And so much of what we're suffering in terms of our self-concept, what we believe is possible for us, what we believe is going to get in the way is either in the past or in an anticipated future that doesn't actually exist. And we're spending so much of our time, energy, resource in this place of delusion and it is exhausting us, it is tiring us and it's blocking us from the power that we have to actually make change in the moment that we're in. So it's about learning how do I actually come into my body to be here now. We're here, like be here now all yeah. the time, but what does that actually mean? How do I actually embody and inhabit myself most of us don't know how to do that mm. we've never been taught to do that and we've experienced emotions that have been uncomfortable and we have protection mechanisms within us that try and stop us from ever feeling that way again so we learn all sorts of very unhealthy coping strategies yeah, to deal with that say, yeah you know some mm. of us just dissociate within our mind some of us go to harmful things like the binge eating or mm. the over exercising or we have lots of different ways to kind of not feel the way that we feel because it's uncomfortable to sit in your feelings right until you learn yeah that it's not yeah until you learn like i i trying not to go too woo in the in the <laughs> conversation that we're having here but like for me like honoring impermanence has been such a powerful uh lesson and learning and realization mm. realizing that nothing actually is permanent even our own emotion and mm. sensation and it's only us clinging to whatever the stories that we're telling ourselves that is kind of like tied to the fabric of that emotion that makes it so deeply uncomfortable yeah when you learn that it can be safe to be with sadness and to really be with it and to just allow for it and feel it and to, to truly feel it, you also realise that impermanence means it's always shifting and changing and mm. it's never actually, we're never just feeling sad. It's crazy because I, I went to a funeral the other day, like before we were recording, and it was, um, I felt so bizarre being at a funeral. Mm. Like I've never felt that way before and I haven't been to one in a couple of years, I think. Mm. But I just sat in this room and were honouring my cousin who passed away and I was sitting there and I was like, this is just weird. I felt weird about it. Like, I don't know why. I just you'd like, already, like, healed prior. I think maybe. Like, I had been, I, I, was, I was okay with it. Yeah. And then I was sitting there, but I was just like, okay, this person's gone now. And now we're honoring your life. And we're looking at photos of you. And mm. people are crying. And I'm like, but I wasn't crying. Like, I cried when I said goodbye. But it was just, I felt it so weird. Mm. And then it, well, I came here and I, I changed the energy because I was mm. with you and I was in a different space but it's right it's never permanent it's and you can choose 
how you move through sure. those emotions. Like you're in complete control. Right. right. And it's yeah. about honoring all emotions as like valid and even yeah. and allowed to be. If you want to be sad, be sad. I'm sad on the That's daily I mean. about things. Yeah. I cry, literally cry every day yeah. about something on the daily. And then mm. I not that I get on with it because I have to get on with it, but I get on with it because I'm available to, okay, what's next? That's right. I'm not just in the yeah. loop of replaying the story again yeah. and again and again. Yeah. I talk about um, you know, cheating in relationships a lot because mm. I have a lot of experience. Yeah. <laughs> More so <laughs> to anything the else. Those stories are out. Nicole, the Let's go. <laughs> well, my dating life. <laughs> but I How much time do we have? <laughs> <laughs> I have that as a very like powerful reference mm. point, right? Mm. And it's kind of like the way that we can let ourselves be so hurt mm. in the moment of realization as if we're actually like dying, as if the person is like doing the deed right in front of us mm. in the moment that it's happening. Nothing's happening in the moment that you're hearing about it. And yet we can feel as if there's like a knife in us again yeah. and again and again, but nothing is fucking occurring. Yeah, yeah. Nothing's like actually you're suffocating happening. in this it's all, brain. It's yeah. all within you. Yeah. And when you can let go of like, okay, this it sucks. I don't choose it. I don't like it. There is a reaction in my body mm -hmm. from when I first heard it. Do I need to retell the story and replay that and have that thought and imagine it and be with it and activate it in my body again and again and again? No. Do we do that? Fuck yeah. Yeah. Right? We do that. Why? I do it at 2 a.m. when I'm right. <laughs> right. That's not to say, oh right, that that's not a really real and true experience for mm. you. And there's no judgment. There's no shame. We all do it as humans. Yeah. But it is like there's just something to it. When you crack that little bit of understanding to be like, this isn't happening right now. I know for me, for whatever reason, showers can be a really like... I don't know. I find myself like in the past mm. in my showers. I'm having like full on conversations with people like in the past retelling stories and I can get so fucking angry about something that happened. Like there's a particular scenario that I play in my head from like six years ago and I get so angry that like my body can like shake. I can mm. be ready to like cry yeah. and whatever and I have to catch myself and be like, this is not happening. Yeah. Mm. Nothing makes you more upset than a scenario that you've made Did up. Did I? <laughs> I swear to God. But for, for, for people that, you know, I guess all of us would probably come across quite regularly, yeah, like yeah. those that are constantly falling mm, off the break. wagon, mm. constantly yeah. not achieving their yeah. goals and coming up to you with excuses mm. for why they can't. Yeah. Are these the sort of pe people that need to go through some sort of healing process to actually eventually reach those goals yeah because for a lot of what happens is there's like a, a reactivity that's occurring within them either within their psyche or within their body or both usually mm -hmm. and it's like we have to like intentionally disrupt the pattern yeah. intentionally disrupt the circuit and for a lot of people the reason that they don't continue to kind of take action on their goals usually it's like the same kind of emotions that come up coming up people, in a different right? way it's the same core things right, right? yeah right and so a lot of it is just like out or insecurity or imposter syndrome or whatever it is that they're experiencing anxiety fear whatever it is and it's like you're just so chock full of that feeling already because every time that you felt it it's been so uncomfortable for you you've not allowed yourself to be with it process it release it it's just there and you're this tight rigid like wound up ball of explosion mm. ready to happen that the moment that you feel that you don't have capacity to be with it I can't say to someone who is like just absolutely like soaked in like grief, depression, anxiety, mm. I would never say to them, just be with your sadness. Like mm. what capacity mm. do they have to actually feel any more of that? I've been that person. I had to remove, literally go to another country because I was like everything around me is triggering me yeah. and I do not have capacity to, to deal with anything, anyone, 
at all. How do you, you know? deal? Like, because now you obviously live in another state yes. completely, so you've removed yes. yourself permanently. Yes. yes. Um, two questions. So, yeah. how do you deal with coming back to the space that you were in? And I know that's a big thing for yeah. you, but I'm really interested to hear you speak about it here. Yeah. Um, and how with your husband, who's so happy go lucky, he's completely like not opposite to you, but he, and like, he is. Yeah. <laughs> right. He's just like a good old country boy. Country boy. <laughs> This must be a voodoo to him, like something new. So how does that relationship work? Yeah. Coming back to my hometown, let's yeah. say Sydney, as a, as a changed, transformed person mm. humbled me and put me on my ass. There's like, I can't think who says the quote, but anyway, it's like, you know, as enlightened as you think you are, if you think you're enlightened, like spend a week with your family and mm. you'll, you'll see yeah. you'll see all of your re- reactivity, oh, all of it your judgment, happen. all my of dad. that. <laughs> so I had to, it's been a big like lesson, um, ongoing lesson in forgiveness and just mm. allowing and live and let live is something that I'm really trying to like honor. Like I get to be exactly who I am and therefore I have to let every single family member or friend or whoever it is that I'm interacting be exactly who they are mm. and not place expectations on how people have to be and behave and mm. speak. And that's where the somatic work comes into it, right? If you're ripe to be triggered, then you kind of demand that everybody behaves in a certain way so that mm. it doesn't like rub you the wrong way. You mm. want to become like Teflon so people can say dumb shit or just be yeah. assholes and you're kind of like, okay, I, I see this, but mm. all right, I, I have the capacity to allow you to be you because I'm not already so tightly wound up that I can't take another fucking stupid thing that you're going to say. Yeah. Mm. And I still am very imperfect. I told my mum to shut up the other day. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Sometimes you have to. <laughs> because she isn't in the same kind of like energy of that know, with me, right? right? And so mm. I, she's a very anxious person. And so we're with my son who's four and she points out every perceived danger that is ever oh, around him they do all that. the yeah. time. Yeah. I have the tendency to be anxious. I work really hard on not presenting with full-blown anxiety every yeah. day, right? It's something I devote myself to. So I get frustrated when she's just like, anxiety on like high performance all the time because eventually like it rubs off on me it rubs off on me it rubs off on me yeah and i notice on the kids too yeah i notice for myself that rather that two things happen i either get really frustrated and angry or i dissociate completely Mm. so i'm here but not here and i know it takes a really long time to come back into your body Mm. once you've kind of just like existing again and i existed remember for like 10 years i don't Mm. fucking want to do that i want to be here present fully alive in the moment so I ended up saying to her, like, shut up. Just sh- We're at the park. And I was like, shut up. And, of course, she got, like, so upset or whatever. Yeah. And so I still catch myself. I'm like, you know, you make these declarations to do no harm. That was pretty fucking rude. And that's probably hurtful and all of that, you know. Yeah. So I'm very imperfect and it's a journey and it's a process. But it's just about, you know, the intention that you mm. have to come back and see things as they are, not as you kind of demand them to be. Mm-hmm. Um and to take full responsibility for yourself too, mm, you know? Like if, if I can't handle it, I'm not going to try and manipulate and change people. I don't That's have to her. be here. Yeah. I don't have to be here. I don't have mm. to do this. So if I'm choosing to be in her presence, then I have to choose to allow for the fact that this is the expression of who she is at mm. this point in time. I don't get to make that right or wrong. I only get to like be in awareness. How does it feel within me right now? Mm. And I was saying... She'll listen to this podcast, so it's fine. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm supposed to be here. It's the 30th today. I'm supposed to be here till the 10th of January, and I'm checking in with myself and really feeling into, I don't think I can do that. Mm, I don't yeah. think that I can do that, and I'm willing to disappoint her. I'm willing for the family to be like, what's wrong with her? She's so flighty. She never can commit to anything. 
to honor the fact that I don't want to lose my shit at my family. Yeah. yeah. And out of <laughs> I don't want to be that person yeah. again. And get out I'm going to say here. I have to tap out. Steve, my husband, um, he's very much a person who is just himself too. Mm. And so the thing that I love most about him is that he just respects and honors that mm. I get to be who I am too. He has said to me that in the last three years, he's really felt me like just soften. I'm okay. not so mm. hardened. The way that I argue, he says, is very different in that I don't, I don't so much argue anymore. Um, I allow, I allow him to be imperfect too. So I think mm-hmm. it's very much benefited our relationship. Yeah. I don't try and talk to him about this stuff. Okay. Mm-hmm. Good. He's not open and available to mm-hmm. it. I love talking about spirituality and reading mm-hmm. about mindfulness and all of that, <laughs> but I would never go and just say to him, like, here, read this. I feel like my yeah. husband, bless him, enjoys porn. It would be like him being like, hey, watch this video. Yeah. Me being like, not really yeah. into it in the same yeah. way. <laughs> I'd be yeah. fucking offended. I'd be like, why are you showing me this yeah. shit? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't need to be into it. He doesn't need to know of it. He only needs to benefit from the fact that I'm kind of like mm. fully expressed as who I am. That's so nice. He benefits. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, when I feel good, he feels good, you know. That's the thing. Do you feel like as a mindset coach, do you feel pressure from your clients to like fix their whole life? Because I feel like we've got a lot of shit. Like everyone's got a lot of trauma yeah. and I'm sure you would get people that have a lot of shit I think, going on. Yeah, what's interesting is nine times out of ten what people think they're coming to me for ends up not being what we end mm. up working on. Okay. And so it's the, the capacity that I have to kind of like really listen and really allow for that pause yeah. and to be asking and what else. Yeah. And we get to kind of like what what what's the priority, I guess. Mm. What is it? And you can't you can't change everybody's life all at once. And like I said, that's like walking through fire. Mm. I don't recommend that to many people. Mm. And not everybody is in the position to do that. Mm. I was young. I was 29. No dependence, basically, you know, all of that. So it's very different. You can't you cannot change all of your life in, in one session with one coach. I don't think there's ever going to be one person. That can be the person that's going to support yes. you in doing everything. That doesn't make sense. Yeah. Like if we if we think about like just Western medicine, if something presents, if you have a disease within your body or whatever, you probably have to go to like multiple doctors mm. and specialists and you want second opinions and, you know, all of that. I feel like it's the same with mindset, it's the yeah. same with life transformation. You shouldn't just be talking to one person. You should be like resourcing yourself as much as possible. And if you can't afford a person, it should be the books, it should be the podcasts, it should be the YouTube videos as much of it as possible. How can someone, like if they were looking for a mindset coach, how would they, what are some of the things that they could ask of that person to see if they would have any benefit or if they could get something out of it? Mm, Such a good question. That integrity piece is really important. I think looking at like how long have they been invested in their own development as a coach? What have they done in terms of best resourcing themselves? Who have they learned from? Mm -hmm. What has their life experience been like? Yeah. Like, what is it about them and their life that you think uh, would expand you? Mm-hmm. And then an edgy part to this is how unrelatable are they to you? Okay. Because for me, I always want to work with someone that's completely unrelatable. There has to be something that they're experiencing in their life in a way that looks like fulfilling to them, that they have some deeper awareness. They've got a key to something that I haven't unlocked yet. Okay. Yeah. Um, so it's not about like, I'm a mum, so I can only work with a coach yeah. that's a mum. It's going to be like, who is the person that's going to allow me to see the way that I'm seeing the world and offer me just a little widening of perspective? Mm. Who can reframe things in a way that I have heard it, but I've never heard it like that before. Yeah. And yeah. it lands for me. So in terms of finding a coach, I think you actually have to spend a little bit of time with yourself first. And okay. we just want to outsource everything. 
We just want to be like, I don't know who I am. Tell me. Yeah. Tell, yeah. tell me who I am. It's having the audacity and the willingness to sit with yourself and be with yourself. And if that's a dark and dangerous place, you go get yourself a therapist mm. so that you can be supported in then having the courage and the skills and the resource to be able to be with yourself and know and feel what is it that I need to know? What mm. is it that I need to be supported with? And then yeah. trust in your own magnetism that the people will appear before you. Everyone that has been like a huge influencing factor in my life, I haven't actually had to like seek them or search for them. They've kind of revealed themselves to me. Okay. You'll see, sorry to interrupt you, but you'll know of so many women that inquire, they ask you questions about what you do. Yeah. And you know, like, I can fucking help you, girl. Mm, I yeah. could help you. And they just don't take the action. They've found you. Yeah. So You're hard right to there, isn't it? Mm. So hard to Right? Watch. So it's about trusting yourself to know that, like, I'm worth the investment. Mm. I'm worth, I'm worth kind of just, like, saying yes to something. That is going to expand me. So what kind of person would really benefit from getting a mindset coach? Everybody. Yeah. <laughs> I think unless you think yeah. that everything that you think is like squeaky clean and you're yeah. enjoying the experience of mm. you 24 seven. Yeah. And if you don't want a coach, it's not necessarily about having a coach, but community that is dedicated to your well-being, mm. your growth, your evolution, and will call you out um, on the way that you're fixating on a certain emotion or thought, or you have certain expectations for things and will ask you, how would it feel to look at it this way? Yeah. Yeah. To show you what you're not seeing. So how do you know if these people are like the real deal? Because like we said before, I feel like it's like the newest buzzword, like everyone's yeah. a mindset coach yeah. or seemingly on social media, yeah. everybody is, or yeah. everybody's kind of trying to add it onto their services. It's always in their yeah, list there's of always they offer. And, and, you know, like even even we do, it's not so much my, about mindset coaching, more about, you know, goal setting and accountability is where we kind of focus in my business. But I feel like a lot of coaches do have that as a, service offering i think we will never truly know who somebody is right it's very hard and it's about trusting your own discernment mm. and so that means when you feel like something's off you trust yourself oh there's so many off people i right. I, I, I roll like right. so many and i'll send it to her and i'll be like, like this bitch this. <laughs> and the thing is right somebody can be the most experienced person in the world right tony robbins is a beautiful example yeah. for me because he's he's, he's a salesman profoundly powerful right but at this mm. point in my life my value set how i feel who i want to be i'm just no longer in alignment with anything that he mm. says you haven't done much does that mean now? that he's not he's the real deal yeah. he knows what he's talking about yeah you know it's not for me yeah and so it's not so much about looking at somebody's like credentials necessarily it's just about really truly understanding yourself and who can support me at this time i've been humbled and taught by people that have not ever been to school Mm -hmm. just through their lived experience and how they see the world and the way that they speak i'm like guru yeah. thank you teacher like genuinely so it depends what we mean by like real deal and it always comes down to like how attuned am i to what i'm seeing and what i'm hearing and what i'm receiving and what it's supposed to be showing me and so like working with a mindset coach and like constantly kind of doing that work on yourself, is that like an ongoing thing? Like how can we measure that success? Because I feel mm. like, you know, you work with a fitness coach, you get stronger, you lose weight, you yes. see a transformation. Yes. Whereas when it comes to mindset, you can't really see that. Like I, I know sometimes you might be able to achieve a goal and this and that, but yeah. I think when it comes to working on yourself and overcoming trauma and things like that, how do you know if like this coach is for you? And done what you've. I'm going to say like, something pretty, like I think, controversial. Edgy. We yeah, love that. not so much we controversial, love that. but <laughs> the highlight. <laughs> no, no, it's not that, not that edgy. But I think for most people, they think they want mindset coaches, but they don't actually want a mindset coach mm. because what a mindset coach is going to do is 
really teach you how to be truly present and satisfied with what is in the moment. Mm. And that might mean that you haven't actually achieved everything that you've set out to achieve yet, but you're Mm. okay in this moment. Do I have everything that I've ever desired for myself? No. Can I be okay with that in this moment? Truly fulfilled, satisfied in this moment. Yes. Most people don't fucking want that. Mm. They're addicted to the hustle. They're addicted to the drive. They want the craving. They want the compulsion to get them out of bed in the morning Mm. because without something to achieve, what's the point? Mm. It becomes a very like, it can be a very dark kind of place within yourself when you realize like all of these kind of superficial goals mean nothing to me. Yeah. Then what? I've been through that, you know, then why? Why bother? You know, and that can be a really dangerous and lonely and isolating place and that's why community is so important to have around you to have people that have been through it and say yes my love me too Mm. this is what it means to be human yeah so good so good so I guess like you know especially coming into the new year into like I guess finish up as well um you know what kind of advice would you give to someone that's like kind of on the fence about getting a mindset coach (sighs) none at all (laughs) (laughs) I feel like don't take advice from anybody. Mm. Yeah. Don't take advice. Just you know, like, like you know within yourself what you need. Just stop. Yeah, like, and you probably don't yet because yeah. you spent no time with yourself. Yeah. Mm. Have the audacity to turn inward. Have the audacity to see whatever is there, even if it's like I'm really sad and lonely and depressed and I hate all my friends and I don't really like my husband right now. Whatever it is, be with it. Be with your truth. And from there, questions will start to arise. And then you'll start seeking what you're looking for. Yeah, right. you'll yeah. know. If you just kind of decide, it's it's wild to me that we will look to a new calendar year, which for a lot of us becomes like, okay, this is a really fresh starting point. I'm going to decide exactly what's going to happen this year. Yeah. At what point do we realise, like, it's our expectations that fuck us right up? Mm-hmm. Stop doing it. Why are we doing it? Mm-hmm. Just chill, just be, yeah. come into the present moment. It's nice here, promise. I love that, I love that. So guys, I hope you enjoyed today's uh, episode. I think it was a great insight into mindset coaching. We are gonna pop Lena's details below. So if you do have any more questions, please reach out to her, please follow her. And as always, if you enjoyed today's episode, please tag us. We'd love to see that you enjoy it. Until next time, 